Hello everybody and welcome to the Happy Gals podcast. It's been a while since we were last in touch. The trailer for the short film was released on the 11th of May to a really, really, really positive response. This really couldn't make me any happier. We also had a review coming in from UK Film Review, which was a five-star one. So I'm definitely very pleased with that. The uh, film will actually come out later this year, once we're able to assemble again and put together a screening, fingers crossed. But in the meantime, the podcast will continue as well as updates on our Instagram page. Um, to keep you company during these lonely times and to continue to speak up and gather diverse voices to talk about our bodies and our society. Now, our guest today is Emma Shapiro. Emma is an American artist living in Valencia and she has done some amazing work um, centered around her body and the female body. Um, She's a strong advocate for female nudity and for fighting against those censorships that that still prevent it from being used to its full artistic potentials, such as the hashtag Freedom Impulse campaign um, that Instagram has been the target of for many years now. Some of you might not know that uh, female nipples are censored on Instagram, but male nipples are not. And female nipples are only accepted if they're on a statue or on something with artistic relevance, but it can't be an actual human body. With the exception of breastfeeding, and even that took a long fight to be able to be accepted. So Emma is a strong advocate against uh, such cultural norms. And she's here to talk to us today about her work and her activism and how she came to work with her own body in the first place. So I'm gonna let her say hi and then we'll go into the questions. I'm Emma Shapiro and I'm an American artist and feminist activist living in Valencia, Spain. First of all, Lesia, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's a real honor and I'm really happy to be among these amazing women that you have been interviewing so far. Uh, A little background on myself. My whole journey began because I am an artist and I use my own body in my artwork. Most of the time I use my nude body and this is because uh, I believe that my nude body is the closest I can get to my ancestors. My family is Jewish and Irish. Both sides of my family immigrated to the United States uh, under duress and many family members were lost during that transition Um, and I don't know who they were. And I've always felt that loss and I wanted a way to connect with it. And ultimately I felt that my body was the vessel that I could connect to these ancestors with. So my work came from that angle. And as I started making work and engaging in video and photo- photography and performance, I very quickly ran into a lot of um, misunderstanding of my work, labeling it as sexual or pornography, all these things about it that I did not assign myself and it made me very angry. Uh, when I would press people to explain to me why they thought that it was pornography, simply because it was nudity, uh, they would tell me, well, it, it shows your nipples. 
And this to me was completely absurd and hypocritical and was ridiculous. So I decided that, well, what if I put a nipple on a wall? What if I put a nipple on a car? What if I put a nipple on my laptop? Are those things suddenly obscene or pornographic or sexy? So I created a sticker of my nipple and started putting it everywhere. And this was the inception of the Exposure Therapy Project. See, guys, I told you that she would be an absolutely fantastic guest. I'm honestly, Emma, so honored to have you on here. And I'm so glad you reached out to the page and we managed to get this together because um, your work is incredible and one of the many examples of um, inclusive and activist art that in, we need more of in the world. And yes, guys, you can also get free nipple stickers if you um, visit uh, the Exposure Therapy websites and just sign in with your address and your, and your name and Emma will send over some beautiful nipple stickers, which is pretty cool, if you ask me. Now, Emma also shared with me that she started her career in the art world as an art model. So for those of you that don't know what art modeling is, it's basically um, offering your body to be drawn or painted by other artists as practice. So I guess my first question for you, Emma, is how did art modeling push you into making art yourself? Um, was it something that you were initially insecure about or did it immediately make you feel at ease? Mm -hmm. I'm just cur very curious about the practice itself. I started art modeling right out of university. I graduated from the Rhode Island School of Design with a degree in painting. And that was a very contemporary art education that I value very highly. But at the end of my university degree, I was exhausted and didn't know what I wanted to make or where I wanted to live even. So I went back to the city I grew up in, just outside of Washington, D.C., and I decided that I wanted to be close to where it had all begun for me, in these quiet art rooms where we learned how to draw with charcoal and how to paint the human figure and face. Um, but. I needed to make some money, so I decided to take a, a job as an art model for a class there. And from the very beginning, once I walked into the room, I just loved the practice. I was, of course, nervous about the idea of taking off my clothes in front of a room full of people. I grew up just really berating myself and really self-loathing about my body. I had huge self-esteem issues and um, I always felt like I wasn't beautiful enough, wasn't sexy enough, wasn't attractive enough. I was constantly comparing myself to other women and constantly measuring myself against what other people thought of me or what I thought other people thought of me. I was always picking and prodding, and it caused me a lot of depression and anorexia when I was in high school. Um, but I knew that this environment, because I had been in it before, this drawing environment was very safe, was a safe environment, and I, I trusted it. So, and I knew how to value a model. So when I decided to do it myself, 
it was my saving grace. Suddenly, I had a whole nother way to see my body and to see other people's bodies as well. I understood what beauty was. I knew I was beautiful and I knew that beauty was about health and nature and gratefulness and just everybody was beautiful. It changed me entirely for the rest of my life and I, to this day, I still run drawing groups and it's because I love being in that environment, but it's also because I want to give others the opportunity to try modeling because it changed my life so much. Um, and I met an instructor who was teaching a workshop there who lived in New York and he suggested that I should try modeling in New York. So um, at his suggestion and his recommendations, I made some contacts up there and I very quickly moved to New York City and became a full-time art model for five years. And that meant that I was modeling six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. I had more opportunities to model than than I could keep up with. I was working 10 hour days, popping all over the city to art studios and art classes and even modeling outside um, in the middle of Central Park. Not nude though, but still modeling out there for painters. It was a wonderful job and I, I enjoyed it entirely. And I met some incredible artists uh, who are my friends to this day. Um, incredible models who were my friends to this day. Uh, it was a very shining time in my life. This might be a silly question, but do you reckon that if we all spent more time naked just with our bodies, we would feel more comfortable or more um, confident about our own skin? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I know it's extremely hard for many, many people. And you know, even, even at times when I haven't modeled in a long time, it's a little bit hard for me, but I spend a lot of time in the buff alone, just being, and it really helps me. It helps ground me. It just, the more time, the more of your own skin you see, the less you are afraid of it. And I think that, you know, I know many people who are afraid to undress in front of the mirror before they get into the shower, afraid to catch a glimpse of their own body. And it just makes me so sad and I know I know where that comes from and it I wish it wasn't so and I just want to give them all a chance to be in a room where they are loved and appreciated for just being there in their body um so yes I think that if we spent more time naked alone naked it would just change everything for our self-esteem do you reckon the world of art modeling is promoting diverse bodies? What was your experience um, finding uh, people in all shapes and forms while you worked within that? Absolutely. It's a, it's a world that's ex extremely accepting and appreciative of diverse bodies. Um, artists who are learning are hungry to paint and draw all shapes, sizes, colors, ages, uh, anything they can get their hands on and um, unfortunately the practice of, of modeling tends to mostly draw young 
conventionally lovely women, which we're extremely appreciative to have them in the classroom and, and I've worked with many, many of them and I was one. Um, but a lot of artists claim that they get bored looking at this body because not only do they see more of that body than they see of other bodies in the classroom, they also see more of that body in normal life than they see of other bodies out in the world and, and in media. So I would say as a practice, art modeling does accept and love diverse bodies. Uh, but it's while it might feel like a little bit of an oasis for me, these classrooms, they still, um, there are some conf conformings to, to the world that we exist in. For example, I worked as the model coordinator for the Art Students League of New York. After five years of full-time modeling, I had worked uh, at times almost exclusively for the Art Students League of New York, which is a big institution, an old institution where some of our most beloved artists came from. Mark Rothko, Jackson Pollock, Lee Krasner. Um, a lot of people studied and taught there that we know in, in our art history textbooks. And there's about, I had about 70 models on my model roster when I became the model coordinator for that school and was putting models in about 30 classrooms a week, probably more at this point. I can't remember the exact number, but um, I would get the most requests that I would get from instructors for models was, I want somebody young and pretty. And they were talking about conventional, uh, conventional media friendly, uh, unfortunately, the word they didn't want to use, but what all I was reading on their lips was sexy, somebody that they wanted to look at all day because they were bored of teaching. Um, that was upsetting to me. And so I wouldn't conform to their wishes as much as I could resist it. Unfortunately, because there still is a demand for the young, uh, the young bodies. Um, I know many, many models who are career models and they've been doing it for decades. Some that are in their eighties and uh, they they struggle. They are some of the best models I've ever seen. They're stronger than me. Um, you have to be very mentally strong to do this job. Uh, you, it's very painful, physically painful. And so you have to have a fortitude, a mental fortitude that can get you through that physical pain and put you into a place of mental meditation. It's far more of a mental job than it is a physical job. Um, so these people, they're wonderfully adept at it. They're some of the best models I've ever known, but they see their careers sliding off the edge of a cliff the older they get. And they're scared because it's the job they love. It's a job they dedicated themselves to at one time. They were incredibly popular and they just wane in popularity and they see these these young pretty models coming up and in demand and it's uh it's a sad thing for them wow emma thank you for taking the time to go in so much detail about it it, it really feels like you just opened up a whole new world for me i like i said i 
knew what art modeling was just vaguely. I never really investigated the process of it, if that makes sense. Um, so thank you for enlightening us. Um, which is out of curiosity, do you reckon, because you've done so much work in New York, but then decided to move to Valencia, um, do you reckon there's major differences in the way the States relates to the female naked body versus how Europe views it? Or like Spain, obviously, in your experience, but like European influences and European general outlooks on it. That's in your experience, of course. Well, yes. <laughs> the short answer to that is a general yes. I very well recognize that um, every single country in Europe is very different and different parts of each country are very different from each other um, and have different attitudes about the nude body. Uh, but in a very broad sense, the United States is an extremely Puritan society. The nude body is not only taboo, it is dangerous. It is dangerous to be in a nude body in the United States. Um, you can be arrested. You will be fined. You um, are shamed just blatantly. I don't see that happening in in Europe, in the places where I am, though that doesn't mean that people are more comfortable being nude here in Europe um, necessarily than they are in the United States, which to me says volumes. I think that if there was a anywhere in the world, if there was a place where being nude was safe and acceptable and normal, then you wouldn't see anybody hesitating at being nude, where most people wouldn't hesitate. Um, so, but America is uh, actively oppressing the nude body. You know, thankfully we have people like you and like us that attempt every day to change that narrative just a tiny, tiny bit. and. Yeah, I think that's why your exposure therapy program is so important and and why I hope it gets out to as many people as possible. It's already reached 28 countries, which is impressive to say the least, but uh, I just hope it continues to do great things and I personally can't wait for my nipple stickers. Mm. You know, another interesting fact is that as um, art is bombarded with naked bodies, especially women's and what's unfair is that these bodies have always pretty much been represented by uh, men so men are the canonically famous painters and such there was a really great film that came out early this year and it was called the portrait of a lady on fire and i think it's really really interesting if you are working in the field of um, art or if you aren't interested in it in any case because it's about a woman painter who falls in love with the subject she has to paint who's another woman and it really deals a lot with the agency that women painters have to reclaim and the kind of power that um, they've been deprived of when they were only the subjects rather than the active person behind the painting um, so I would definitely recommend that. And on that regard, did you ever feel like um, 
your work was undermined in comparison to that of other male artists that were still, however, dealing with nudity? Did you ever feel like your work was classified as pornography, but their work was somehow classified as art? Okay, so there is no doubt that women have been excluded from the artistic canon, and that that especially applies to images of ourselves created by ourselves, that the female gaze is been invalidated for much of art history, and that now today we are looking back and trying to rediscover, quote-unquote, these women who were fabulous artists in their time and that were erased from the history books. This is something that we know very well. But this is still happening today. Um, I spend more time now looking at Instagram, like many of us, um, but I've found it to be an extraordinary community to find artists who are creating work that is so genuine and coming from a real place that is of self-love, self-appreciation, and understanding of the female body that I went my entire life not seeing depicted anywhere. In the contemporary art history that I grew up learning, most of the art that I see is commentary. Commentary on art history, commentary on politics, it's mostly commentary. The work that I see on Instagram, the artists that I follow, are mostly coming from a place of genuine appreciation and beauty. They are seeing beauty in the female body, seeing beauty in their female bodies. They are seeing beauty in the processes, our menstrual cycle, our body hair. Um, every little thing that we were told to hide, they are showing me in the world that it's something beautiful. Meanwhile, these artists and these accounts are also under attack. So Instagram is the place to see the artists of our time. And it's a huge world that is open to everyone, ostensibly. But while this is going on, accounts are being deleted. Access is being denied. We're being shadow blocked. Hashtags are being denied. These are hashtags and accounts of people who are often genuinely exploring something artistic, but their artistic voice is being silenced. And this is really problematic. Often this has to do with showing the female nipple. And many artists I know, and myself included, our accounts are constantly being harassed simply because the work that we choose to show shows the nude body in full which means showing nipples, whereas men are allowed to show their nipples. But women's nipples are taboo, illegal, finable, shameful, obscene. They're pure sex itself, and none of those things are we assigning to it. Only the patriarchal society that we are all living in, the society is what is telling us that our bodies or something that get to be denied. Today, I, I pull up CNN, and I'm going through the major headlines, and I see that 
there was a profile done on Spencer Tunick. Spencer Tunick is a very famous artist who is known for doing these very large scale photographic uh, events where he will go to a city and invite anybody to participate in his photography project, uh, but he only uses nude bodies. And I think that it's a really awesome thing that he does. It recently happened here in Valencia where I live and it was an extremely life-changing experience for many people who participated. Um, it is a very unique experience to be able to be outside in public with be, being nude and being with other people who are nude. That is just an extraordinary experience and I'm all for it. And um, I like his work fine. He's gotten a lot of press coverage throughout his entire art career, which has spanned about 25 years, because his work is shocking to most people. Um, but there was this profile being done about what he's up to now, now that he can't do these things in public, now that people can't get together. Uh, imagine thousands of people being naked outside together next to each other touching. I mean, <laughs> that's like a world gone by at the moment. But this profile in him was talking about how now he is asking people to pose via Zoom and how this has affected his work, that he's not allowed to do this anymore, and that um, it showed even images of what he's having people do on Zoom, which is these coordinated poses. They were screenshots of, you know, all the Zoom boxes of people taking the same pose or similar and it's nothing like his regular work. And he talks mostly about the experience of what it's like to conduct these people and instruct them on what to do through Zoom and some interviews with the people involved. But, you know, it's the experience is not going to be anything like what it's normally like to pose for a Spencer Tunic photo because you are still alone in your house and there's a disembodied person uh, telling you what to do with your body. And I find it disturbing on a certain level. But in any case, what bothers me the most about it is that he is somebody who um, has been in talks with Instagram. He knows the other artists who are uh, also voices for um, Instagram and Facebook to lessen their rules on censorship and to uh, fight for the beauty of the body and not to label it as obscene. He knows the female artists who are working to normalize a female nipple, and he could have given this particular platform to us. We're all at home. We're all at home. We're all trying to get our work done. We're all still trying to be creative. What he, what was being posted about him on this article was not interesting. It isn't artwork. It's an artist trying to make something work, that's fine. But if somebody came to me and, and, and I was, if I were Spencer Tunick and somebody came to me and said, oh, we want to do this article about what you're up to right now, I would instead direct them to the other artists who are having these Instagram live discussions about censorship and, and how we're all crawling over Instagram right now and so many more people are being enlightened to how bodies are censored on Instagram. They're having their own bodies censored on Instagram. They are learning more about 
how far-reaching this is. It's a problem that hits not only artists, it happens to everybody. No longer is the fight for free the nimple something that only applies to the radical feminist. It could apply to anyone who posts a photo of themselves at the beach and then it gets removed. Suddenly they're part of this dialogue because they are asking, why? Why was that removed? What did I do wrong? So it's time to talk about that. I don't care that Spencer Tunick is coordinating people on Zoom in uninteresting ways. I prefer for him to give that platform to women. That's one example of how we're still tra trained to be asking male artists what they think and what they do instead of asking the women. You know, it's so tricky because most of these um most of these platforms that you mentioned like Instagram that's where that's where we are right now and um and they're so useful in terms of getting your voice heard if you're an upcoming whatever and and you know to think that we are still so that we're still so subject to the system even there where you know it's a platform that we are creating for ourselves it's um it's a bit heartbreaking to be honest so yeah well, why is it that we're so afraid of nipples i love this question but i don't have an answer to this question and i don't have an answer to this question because it none of it makes any sense it's all hypocrisy. Um, there is no real reason you can give me that no one, no one can give me a good reason why men can show their nipples and women can't. All the reasons, including legal ones in the United States, don't really stand up to the reality. They're only about opinion. They're about a system that is about oppressing the female body that we want to keep in place because it's what we know. And the worst thing about it is it's what women believe about their own bodies. So my project, the Exposure Therapy Project, is um, aimed not at men, not at the system, not at uh, the courts, not at Instagram or Facebook. It's aimed at women and our allies. It's for us to learn how to empower ourselves to see our bodies as beautiful and important and start questioning the systems that have kept us keeping our bodies covered, keeping us feeling shameful, making us believe that our bodies are obscene or something to hide. Emma, thank you kindly from the bottom of my heart for taking part in the podcast and for sharing your experience with us. It, it really, it really, really, really means a lot. And it's been so incredibly insightful and interesting. And I hope all of you guys will now be ready to go visit the Exposure Therapy website and see all of Emma's amazing work because she she's out there changing the story, changing the narrative. And, uh, and she needs us to support our work as much as we can especially in these uh, really tough and stressful times I want to close this just by saying that um, you know I'm an artist among many and I'm a voice among many voices and our voices together on this topic of women needing more exposure of our artwork needing more exposure on our thoughts 
about our bodies, our understanding about what our bodies mean, how they're important and how they are beautiful, the more voices that we have working together on this, the more we can actually make change together. So there is no reason for anyone to feel like they don't have something to say. If you have a female body or femme body, you have something to say about this. You are affected by this and your voice matters. And the more voices that we can bring together, the bigger the change that we can make. And spend time naked. And if you ever get a chance to model for an artist or an art class safely, take that chance. It might change your life. Thanks again, Emma. And everybody, this is it for today. Thank you so much for listening as usual. I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed the trailer. Please remember to give us a share, give us a like on Instagram. Our page is happygals with three underscores. We will be back very soon with more podcasts. These will now come out once a week, hopefully on Monday, if I manage to. And, um, and you will see any other updates on our Instagram page. Thank you so much again for being here. Take care, stay safe, wear a face mask, and I'll speak to you very, very soon. Bye.